what up? And we're here. And we are live. Well, and we're well, live. we are live. This this will come out tomorrow. Hey, we're back in our sterile classroom at our church. Feels good, man. There's no tables <laughs> or chair. Like we had to find a table to set up. Yeah. It's cold in here. It is cold, but I prefer it over hot. Well, but the last time we did it in my basement, it was really cold. That was different. That was super cold. I was fully bundled. Fully bundled up. Uh, uh, I feel like I am bundled. <laughs> I got my vest on. Um, hey, my name is Justin Peach. Cr- oh, and I'm Chris. Chris. You may see where it says Peach and Chris. Yeah. Ever since I was a kid, Peach. Yeah. I mean, from sports. If you, if, if, you know, if you play sports... With the last name like Peach, you just get called that. Yeah. I, Richardson's a mouthful. Nobody wants to say that. I don't want to say it. This is Chris. Yeah, Chris. Man. Um, hey, are you excited that we're going to be coaches together for our kids' t-ball team? Excited is a word that you could <laughs> use <laughs> to describe how I'm feeling. Um, um I, I got the email the other day. It's getting real. I'm a coach. We're yeah. going to start next month with practice, which uh, how, do how, do you, how do you do that with yeah. T-ball? Um, yeah, so I am excited. Uh, Jude has wanted to play baseball since he was a little bitty boy because he's watched his older brother play. So he's really excited. He is also really, really bad at losing Good. I want that. <laughs> I want that on my team. I want that like Mamba mentality. So here's what I think, and, and I have this. We'll just have this conversation right now. I haven't oh, talked to you about this. Okay. You need to coach my kid, and I'll coach your kid. Okay. He responds. You know, like every kid, he yes. responds better yeah. when other people when, give yeah, him okay. direction or try to pick him up when he's down. And then, and then who's gonna coach the other kids? <laughs> we'll, we'll do that together. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gotcha. Or we'll get some uh, unknowing third dad to do all the work, Ooh. and we'll just be the figurehead. I'm pretty excited. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's uh, gonna uh, be all right. So here's what you need to prepare for. It's gonna be really fun and really funny. T-ball yes, is hilarious. I can't wait. Like I really <laughs> want to just put a GoPro up. And just put it on the fence, yeah. Just to film everything, because there's gonna be some funny moments. I I helped coach uh, Charlie's t balls. The only other time I've well, hey, coach. you're you're way more than me. I've never coached anything. I've refed <laughs> and I've umpired soccer and baseball. I've done that, but not coached before. I and the one thing that I remember most about coaching Charlie t ball was how much we laughed. Like oh, it's so excited. It's so much fun and it's really funny and. I mean, you know, they're just like, they're tiny little, tiny little people and <laughs> trying to get them to all do something is really funny. Uh, my, I, I, I can't wait for one kid to run the wrong way. Oh, it's going to happen. And I'm so excited for that. There will be a kid that carries the bat the to whole second way. base. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm down for. Drop like just use it as like, Hey, you're not going to get me out. <laughs> I got a bat. Like, yeah, great. I don't know why you can't do that. Yeah. Um, can we teach our kids like the a bat flip after they hit it? Just flip the bat like they hit a home run, but of course they're not going to charge the mound. All all the all the yes all the baseball subculture. No, uh, one thing we need to do only only the super intense teams do this, but there's like little programs you can buy into that you can plug in the kid's name and walk up music and have a little speaker and yes we are and it'll play. Thank it. you so much. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm all about that. Now batting. I, I got speakers on speakers. Yeah. We're going to be playing some walk-up music. Yes. And Jude's will be like Seavolution, which what? look it up. People. I don't even know what that you is. It's the worst. Well, it's we, from, well, we can't play it. It's from Hotel Transylvania okay. 3. Okay. We haven't seen any of those. <laughs> we, may, we, we may have seen one a while back. And it's EDM. Yeah, all the kids should have bum, it. Bum, 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 bum. That's awesome. Jack will may want the Wild Kratts theme yeah. song. Coming up, Wild Wild Kratts. Yes, or maybe the Lion Guard. He needs the Lion Guard. That's in, got like a triumphant. In the roar. Yeah. The power of the roar. The power of the roar. That's what he's yeah. going to walk up For to. For sure. Um, did you play baseball growing up? I did. I played in, until, until I got into high school. No. I think I stopped playing baseball my eighth grade year, like I right before high seventh school. Seventh grade year, yeah. So loved baseball. I didn't make the team seventh grade year. We didn't have a school team, really. Yeah. So I played baseball this was back in the dark me, ages. Me being an only child, I played everything. He's a prolific uh, street hockey. So player. I remember being in like fifth and sixth grade, where I literally. In a, like a one day span, and I'm not joking, I went from art lessons to karate to a baseball game yes. in one day. Yes, I, I mean I was basically you were just like living a renaissance your best. Man. You were just, I mean, you were. I was all in. Love it, it. love it. I can pick, and I've already seen the little the little gi, the karate gi with the Chuck Norris <sighs> signature. Yes. Uh, well then, I, well then I should show you. I also have my t-ball trophy. <laughs> My wife made me get rid of all of my old trophies. I kept every trophy. I had insensitive. Like a, I had a karate trophy that was the size of Jack. Love it, of like a four-year-old tall one. And I kept all my trophies. And my wife was like, "What are you gonna do with all these?" I was like, "I'm gonna I, put. I I'm, gonna, I'm gonna display them proudly." So what I used to do here in the student ministry every Christmas party, we would have like a dirty Santa, and yeah. I used to give away like my T-ball <laughs> trophies as that. <laughs> And so there's a bunch of kids in our student ministry that have trophies of mine from like 96. I like that. Uh, 93, whatever. But um, I do have my T-ball trophy downstairs in the garage. I should have showed you. I actually have it displayed. Um, only where I can see it. It makes me happy. I, uh, I, I like to pitch, you know, in, in, in baseball. Yeah. And uh, it, my dad, who I love dearly, was a practical man. Yeah. Some might say a little on the cheap side. Call it which frugal. We'll call it frugal. Frugal is a great word. And I had a had a baseball bag like all the kids had. Yeah. And the strap broke on it, so he put a dog chain to replace my <laughs> to replace my Why strap. Why not? <laughs> How are you gonna? Because like back then. Where are you gonna buy a strap from? Here you can. Go he wasn't gonna buy me a new bag. No, but you're gonna buy a new strap. So I had a dog chain, and so I had the nickname Mad Dog, and that was my that was my pitching nickname. I was a pitcher. not because I was a particularly good pitcher, but because I had a dog chain for my strap. I was pitcher in first base because I was fairly good, but I was tall. Yeah. So if you're that age and you're tall, you're you're, you're yeah. gonna be a pitcher and you're gonna be a first baseman. Yeah. Um, so I I enjoyed that. I played growing up, and I was like all star and did all that stuff. Never made the travel league. Yeah, that wasn't a. I mean, it's, at least as far as I remember, wasn't as big a deal. Travel league in Mount Juliet was big. Yeah. I was an alternate once, mm. and they gave me a hat. Nice, because that was a big deal. Because like Having the travel the league hat, you only was like got the, the hat. Only got so they gave me the hat because they're like you're an alternate in case someone gets hurt. <laughs> no one ever got hurt. I never played with the travel league, uh, and then I transferred to um, a new school in sixth grade, 
I started football that year. I didn't do baseball. They're like, hey, why don't you just kind of chill out? I still played hockey. And then seventh grade year, I was like, I'm out for baseball. And then my coach, the coach was like, you didn't make it. Go play fall ball or spring ball back in Mount Juliet. And then once you come back in eighth grade year, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm done. Yeah. It's getting a little too serious. Yeah. I was always afraid batting. Really? Yeah, I was always afraid. And for me being a pitcher, I was like, yeah, I might hit a kid. <laughs> and for me being a batter, I was like, that guy might hit me too. Yeah. I think I'm good. Yeah. Even though I took karate and hockey, which you hit people. Yeah. I still didn't want to get hit with that baseball. That baseball's it got hurts. a little different feel. It hurts. Yeah. I wasn't very confident, and I knew that those pitchers also were not very confident. There you go. Well, I'm excited to be the coach. The only thing that we have to have, mm. your wife, my wife, another parent has to be, we have to have orange slices uh -huh. and juice boxes. That's it. It's not America. If we That's don't all do I want. Things. Yeah. That's all I want after every game. Win and, or lose. And if you don't put the orange slice in your mouth, in your mouth and, and smile. And, and, and take a picture. Yeah. Do we did even you, have did a team? You even, did you even do baseball? Do we even? No. <laughs> no. That's, that's the only thing that we need for that. Uh, well, we're glad that you guys are with us. <laughs> Welcome to our baseball now, chat. Now, now you'll not only get insights into our podcast staff meetings, but you'll get uh, some game prep, which I'm sure you're <laughs> all very excited about. We will probably run through the order of our like batting lineup and who uh, should play who. Of five-year-olds that you don't know. <laughs> Some of you do. Yeah, that's true. I would say the majority of people listening know us. Yeah, probably. Um, I looked through our stats. Um, I looked through our analytics. Oh, boy. Um, surprising. Like, you know, I assume we got a bunch of states that listen once. Yeah. And I'm like, cool, guys. Thanks for checking it Thanks out. Thanks for checking it out. So then I started looking like, who listens to us at like? Every time it comes out. 20 yeah. downloads. Yeah. 30 downloads. New Jersey. Come on. Oklahoma. Yes, sir. Does big Texas. Love it. Then we have Florida, Alabama. Kentucky. Kentucky, Tennessee, Tennessee Georgia. Like all of those yeah. listened very regularly. But to have Oklahoma and those places listen to us more than once. We appreciate you. Um, speaking of that, hit us with the jingle. Da -da 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 state stats. Ooh, you added a little <laughs> bit of Mario to it. That's what I'm talking about. You never know. And we got a new state stat. We got Ohio. Hey, O-H-I-O. Ohio. Uh, and did you know that John Bedingfield, they have season tickets? Come again? To, to like Ohio State? Football, yes. They to live the, here. They have season <laughs> tickets to Ohio. Okay. I found that out last year, whatever, and I was blown away. I need to do a little road trip. That'd be a fun stadium to go to. That's see. what I told him. I said – one day, give me one of those tickets. Like, Isn't he I an Auburn fan? Maybe his, maybe his wife. Maybe Kim's. She's from Ohio. She's I think. Ohio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have it. But he's an Auburn yeah. or Alabama. He's an Auburn fan. He's an, he's an Auburn fan. Yeah. I don't know if they have season tickets to Auburn, but they have Ohio. Awesome. Which is pretty awesome. Fun fact. Um, so we got Ohio. Welcome. I think it's Columbus was Perfect. a listener. Maybe the state capital. I have no idea. If it's, uh, you, who, who, who even knows that thing? It's all made know. up. Uh, all right. Another jingle. It's time for a Bible Buffoon's Global Update. Guys, we got two more countries. Stop. We got Hong Kong. Come on, Hong Kong. Listening. Uh, I don't know what language they speak there, but I would, I would welcome them warmly in their 
home language Native if tongue. I could. Yes. Yeah, we can't do that. Uh, then we have the Netherlands. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. I'm excited uh, to add on two countries. I texted you last night and said, <laughs> we got the Netherlands. I <laughs> uh, was excited for that. Um, it's a great day. Yeah, it's a great day. Um, we still have not received an email. We, well. <laughs> but here's what we got. We should have done this last week. So yeah. I'm a week behind on this. We have one of our listeners, Christina Fowler. What's up, Christina? Fowler fam. Christina. Fowler, yes. And Nick, they like to listen. They're our friends here at church. Um, she sent us a message on Instagram, a direct message on Instagram. I will take it. And she said, I couldn't find your email address. <laughs> Which, I'm like, my bad. Uh, <laughs> but she said, hey, I'll have to listen. And she had some ideas for burgers. Now, again, oh. we're not going to talk burgers today. We have not eaten a burger since the 14 that we had or 13 that we had <sighs> yeah. the past two weeks. Um, but we're looking for local Birmingham burger places that aren't fast food. And she said, hey, hit up Green Valley Pharmacy. Which sounds no, delicious. Green Valley, Green Vale. I think it's Green Valley. I think Green Vale is our pediatrician's office. Uh, well, you, you could try to get a burger there. They might have some. <laughs> um, she said, hit up them, which I have been there before. It's been years, but it's really good. And then what was it else? Like Frank's Hot Dogs or something? Tony, Tony's, Tony's Hot Dogs. Tony's Hot Dogs apparently also makes burgers. So I'm we're going to check them so out. So we're going to add it to the list. Let's and here go. in the next week or two, we're going to eat. Some more burgers. Um, and it'll be delicious. We're, we're not going to do 14 like we did last time. I'm so. not sick of burgers yet. No, neither am I. Oh, my wife went to Bargain Hunt. Mm. She's a avid Bargain Hunt shopper. And she brought me back a cookbook. Okay. That was all about burgers. Love it. So we have something to try. I love them like chicken burgers. And I was like, get this out of here. The culmination of this will be our own burger. Well, the yes. Bible buffoon burger. At the end, we're going to make a signature Bible buffoon burger. Yes. And it's going to be glorious. It's going to win. Because <laughs> <laughs> we are biased. And it'll be hot. Yes. Because every burger we eat is cold. Um, yeah. So shout out, uh, Christina. Thanks for listening. Thanks for contacting us. And we got two more burgers to add to the list. I'm excited about that. Um, all right. So, hey, let's get started. Uh, so I texted you yesterday, day before, whatever it was. And I said, Hey, I got an idea for the pod today. There's a lot going on. Um, and what we realized is our last few we've done like, uh, the rule of life, which I've gotten a lot of text messages about that. Just people saying, Oh, I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed, um, you kind of just walking us through your rule of life. Um, I thought that was very practical and very good. <clears throat> and then people talking about the COVID one yeah. um, and then like a new year's resolution. So yeah. just kind of these topical ones Yeah. and a topic that has been on my brain mm. that I have tried to wrestle with Yeah. that has been very big. The last probably two years mm. is this idea of cancel culture. Yeah. Um, and if you are on any social media or listen to news or whatever, you probably have heard this idea of a cancel culture. Now, right. there's a whole sect. Now, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna get into politics. I'm not gonna get any of that stuff. Yeah. But there's a whole group that's like cancel culture is not real. Oh. And then there's a whole group that's like it is very real, <laughs> right? 
there are people that try to cancel Chick-fil-A right. because they are Christian. Sure. There are people that, you know, cancel Bill Cosby. Right. For what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Harvey Weinstein right. has been in the news the past few years and all the sexual scandals in that yeah. and canceling them for what they did. Um, and 2020 was a big year for cancel culture. Yeah. There was a lot with Ellen DeGeneres. Sure. If I, I mean, if you're not on, so my wife knows nothing about all these. I mean, I think she knows about Bill Cosby and some of those things, but yeah. like I'll say, Oh man, they're trying to cancel Chris Pratt yeah. for being a Christian and going to a church and, Here's what his views are, or like Ellen DeGeneres on, hey, she's mean. Let's you know try to cancel her show for what she did. Um, there's a lot out there where people try to cancel due to ethical or like cultural differences, sure. or political differences, or religious differences, or whatever it is. There's a group of people, multiple different groups of people that say, I don't like what you stand for. I don't like what you did. We're gonna cancel your work your life, let's everyone get on board yeah, and just shut you out. Right. And to be honest, I don't really like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not big on the cancel culture deal. Yeah. I, I, one, I, one, I, one, I don't think it's biblical. Yeah. And two, I just think, I don't know. I just think it is a lot of people that are, bored mm. i also think 2020 a lot of us were bored sitting at home for months on end and like all right well i'm not doing great let's see if we can knock some people down a peg mm. and let's find something that they've done right so we can cancel them because what they did was so bad that they should never work again they need to be out of the limelight and it's usually people somewhat famous sure i would say yeah, most no- people don't care about Canceling your neighbor for one thing. Cause I was like, who is that person? Yeah. It's usually on the deal of um, a celebrity. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to realize and acknowledge that like cancel culture is something that's only possible in this sort of digital centric world that we live in now. Um, you know, we just live in a time and a reality where everything you do uh, online is documented and it lives forever and it is judged swiftly. uh, Quick. Judged to be good, judged to be bad, judged to be, uh, I I agree with this or I don't agree with it. Um. And man, you know, just before we launch into this, I'll just say that, like, I'm glad. I'm sure you would echo this, too, that social media wasn't really a thing when I was having my formative years. Um, Because I would not want who I was, things I said, things I did to be documented and encapsulated to be dug up at any time. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the rise of cancel culture is really on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I think I got a Twitter in 2008, seven, eight. I mean, it was probably the first year I was working for a church Yeah. and they were big on Twitter and they're like, you need to get a Twitter so you can put on there. Hey, church is canceled. Hey, this is happening. Hey, church is canceled. <laughs> I remember them asking me one time, 
because our building lost power Sunday morning. And they were like, we need to tweet out, hey, we're not gonna, like, we don't have service this morning. Everything's yeah. canceled. And we didn't have a church building. We we're meeting at a school yeah. and all this stuff. And, and so really it was just a, a way for me to kind of inform, for us to inform, hey, here's what's going on at our church. Right. Um, but Twitter has just blown up. Yeah. And, and in, in everything, if you look at sports, if you look at politics, if you look at culture, you look at anything, people go to Twitter for their info. I do. Yeah. Um, now I have tried to this year delete a lot of people that I follow because <laughs> I'm like, hey, it's just not good. Yeah. And you know, good stuff in, good stuff out, and a lot yeah, of stuff sure. that I'm you know reading. I'm like, I just don't want that part of my life. So I follow a lot of funny stuff and really sports. Yeah. And weather. I love to follow <laughs> weather stuff um, on a Twitter. But one of the stats that I read was. Um, only 10% of users write 80% of the, r- write 80% of the tweets. Yeah. I believe that. So we think of like, Oh, this whole like Twitter is all, no, it's only 10% of the people writing majority of it. Right. And only 22% of Americans are on Twitter. Yeah. It's not this like Twitter is not a good represent, a good representation of where we live right. and everything on it. She's like my wife. She's not on it. I think she has it. She's never been on it. Yeah, I'm um, not on it either. And a lot of people don't. Right. But a lot of people go to this saying, this is what we should look at. And everyone is talking about this. Yeah. And that's not true. And I think it's true with the cancel culture Yeah. of going to one spot to listen to, no, this is the big issue. Right. Um, well, you know, the way I try to approach life and relationships is like i want to prioritize human dignity right and uh, so that means that regardless of who you are what you've done what you believe uh, i believe that you're valuable and worthy of my attention and respect even if we you know like fundamental fundamentally disagree and with a lot of what we're talking about with cancel culture happening in the digital space, um, you know, this digital confrontation really lets me dehumanize anybody that I want to because they're no longer a person, they're an idea or they're a Republican or a Democrat or a this or a that. They're not a person and I don't have to deal with their humanity in this oh. digital space, but like, actual relationship uh and dealing with people that you know and that you love and that you care for and and uh recognize their value uh relationship elevates our humanity even in spite of differences well it is easier for us to um label somebody to just one thing right and we can strip away their humanity and their being and who they are to well you did this when you were 16 yeah you said this once you believe this now you're done and that is very opposite of what we see in scripture yeah i mean where did we get the idea that like one it's a great idea to get your worldview shaped by little sound bites, you know, yeah. like the, I'm, and, and I don't, I don't 
I think it's a very common thing that people curate their their news and uh, their worldview by their social media input. So like I can silence every voice that I disagree with and promote everybody that's saying all the things that I already believe. <laughs> yeah. And so that leads that I think what you get in Twitter is really just the most extreme uh, of of everything because it's these little sound bites. It's like how can I get the most impact in as few a words as possible? Well, like we were never meant to function that way. Well, we we're meant to function in relationship. Yes, and we can boil something down to just a headline mm -hmm. or just a tweet. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. Um, I've had conversations with myself, with my wife, with my mother, with whoever, and it's like, hey, did you read this? Yeah. Well, no, I read the headline <laughs> of it, and the headline <laughs> says this. I'm like, well, did you actually read yeah. the whole article? Yeah. Because it's actually not what the headline says, and we do that for people. We sure. don't get to know the whole person. We read the we, headline. We get to read one thing that they said or yeah. one thing that they did, and then we get to form our opinion on who that person is based on maybe one thing they did when they were younger mm. Or it was just out of anger, and we're like, well, yeah. no, you said that, so that's who you are. Instead of reading the whole book, right? instead of reading the whole article and knowing the whole person, of like, well, that's not really what that person's all about. Yeah. Right? Well, I think, you know, I don't, I don't want this to, to, to come across as uh, defending people who have done some truly terrible things and, um, you know, we get to essentially vote with our money and with our time and with our attention. And, uh, you know, if there are people who represent things that you're fundamentally against, you can choose not to spend money yeah. on the things that they're making money off of or uh, your views or your this or that. Um, I'm not really talking about that. I'm talking about how we deal with and view with people. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe even the people who have done those, those bad things um, and how, how our heart is kind of processing through who they are and what they've done. Well, and I think a part of the cancel, of the cancel culture that I really disagree with is labeling somebody for one thing that they've done in their life. Yeah. Read the Bible guys. Yeah. How many people do we put up on a pedestal in the Bible? And if you were to go back and look at some of the things that they've done, we would be like, how dare you put these people up on this pedestal? Yeah. Cause look what they've done. Um, and, and that also puts it away from ourselves. Sure. If I can shine a negative light on you as a person and what you said or what you did, yeah. then that, has a spotlight not on me because I've done stuff that I shouldn't have done and right. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. Um, and for us, we are a work in progress. No Every single person is a work in progress. We are always trying to grow, um, especially if you are in faith um, and you are a Christian. Like It is a lifelong journey to be the human that God has made us to be. Right. And we all <clears throat> fail at that right. in some form or fashion, big ways, small ways, whatever it is. Um, because then you can look at every single person that goes to our church and we yeah. can say, look what you've done, look what you've done, you're out of here. Yeah. But that's the opposite yeah. of what God has called and what 
and what Christ has called is that this place is a hospital for the sick. Sure. And we're all sick. Yeah. Um, so how do we open up those relationships and open up those dialogues and take down those flaming arrows that we like to shoot at people and say, yeah, yeah you did that, but maybe we can walk with you that you change as a person. Right. And maybe you walk with me and help me change as a person as well. Yeah. And it takes that relationship out. Yeah, no doubt. And I think I heard a really, really interesting podcast. It was it, the idea th that they were discussing is like, you know, there's no denying that our call as Christians is to love one another um, and to love people and to share the love of Jesus with everybody that we meet, enemies, friends, family, uh, the spectrum, right? But the problem becomes is how do you define that word love? Love can mean a lot of different things to a mm -hmm. lot of different people. Um, and the, uh, one of the people on this podcast made a really interesting observation I think is totally relevant to what we're talking about here. And, and what she said was that what you see in these online environments where people can be so hurtful or say something so stupid or viciously attack people for saying something so stupid is people working out their pain oh. in a very public way. Yeah. And if you look at 2020 and how you've, how you've seen this escalation in tensions in our country, escalations in division, that you, you, can, you can spend five seconds online and just feel like you're in the middle of a battleground and, and if you view it through the lens of, man, people are really hurting and they don't have an outlet for it. They don't have anywhere to go with this stuff. So they're just throwing it out online and yeah, they get some instant feedback that makes them feel better about themselves. But like really all I see now when I, when I'm, when I see these divisive posts and I see people arguing online is just people who need therapy, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who need somebody to talk to in a safe space to work through what it is they're going through in their own lives. But people don't have that outlet. People don't feel comfortable uh, talking in that way. And so they lash out. And and that, that to me almost just like shed a light on what's going on here. It's just everybody's just working out their own pain. Man, I just want to give them hugs. Yeah, in a really public way. And they don't know it and they can't, they're not getting any satisfaction from it. No, well, no. And they get... And they get satisfaction when they get more retweets and likes. Yeah. And then like people jump on board and say, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, I feel the same way. They did that. Yep. And then when They're they done. can get yep. that mob mentality yep. with the pitchfork saying, let's go after this person or after this thing. Um, then they get satisfaction saying, look what I did. And I think for some of them, some of them are um, – somewhat valid. Mm. I mean, if it is something like, you know, like the Bill Cosby issue yeah, where it's like what he did was horrible, yeah, horrendous. And to shine light on that, to be like, Hey, well, people need to know about this. And then that led to his fall and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but to have something like Ellen DeGeneres, that is, and I don't know if you know any about this on Twitter, but there's a thing this past year of like, Ellen is mean. <laughs> hey, you know, she's this fun person that dances on her show and she's upbeat and she's funny and she's likable, all this stuff. But behind closed doors, she is so mean and so bad. And there was a thing on Twitter that said like, I will donate so much money to charity 
the more stories I get about her, about how mean she is. Yeah. And it was just bombarded with people saying, oh, she's horrible. She's mean. She's mean. And it's like, wh why? Like, <laughs> why do you want to call that person out for yeah. being mean to somebody? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's something that she may need to work on, like yeah. to be a little bit nicer. But what place is it for you to be like, she's on that pedestal. She shouldn't be there. So let's knock her down. And it's that deal uh, of, of it is my right to, to let people know the horrible things that this person has done or not even horrible things that they just don't agree with. Yeah. And, um, that's in the digital cultural space that we're in. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can use social media for good or you can use it for evil. You can use it to make yourself feel better yeah. that, Hey, at least I'm not like that. Hey, look what I did. I help people see who that true person is. Well, no, do you really know them? Yeah. You know, do you know what they're going through? Do you know that their walk? And, um, and again, I'm glad that there wasn't social media around when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we're going to have to wrestle with our kids. Yeah. Well, getting older and then how we balance that. Well, there's, um, this, th there's a component of that that's super relevant to this conversation, but it's really relevant to us in our Christian lives. And it's, we want to put people in a place where they don't belong. Um, so like Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was quote unquote, America's dad, America's dad. Yeah. Bill Cosby was just some dude that <laughs> got famous for his comedy. Yeah. And, but when you put people in this place, you know, Ellen is just a, a person. She's a comedian. Yeah. Uh, they're all flawed, but our tendency is to put these people on pedestals to think that they're better than they are. And when that image is broken, parts of us get broken because we believed in them. Yeah. Same thing for us in our Christian lives. Like my wife can't be the foundation of my life. My kids can't be the foundation of my life. My job can't be the foundation of my life. Brett can't be the, the, the foundation of my, our preacher. Yeah. Sorry. Just throwing, you cannot put a person in the place where only God can be because everybody is going to fail you in some way or another. And if I place my hopes and my dreams mm. and my joy into solely people, it's, they cannot bear the weight of that. They're not made to bear the weight of that. They are going to fail. It's right. not if it's when, and, and it's magnified when we look at celebrities. Yeah. It's magnified. We look at them and we want to think there's something other than human. And therefore, um, can be held to some other type of standard. And, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let them off the hook and say, if you're going to live a public life, you, you're going to be held to a, at least a different standard. I'm yes. not going to say a higher standard because our cultural yeah. reality is, is different. But if we're putting our, you know, I think somebody started when, once Bill Cosby got in trouble, they started calling Tom Hanks America's dad or something. I'm like, don't do that. Don't, don't do, do that it. to my man, Tom Hanks, because yeah. then you're going to find out something about Tom Hanks. It doesn't matter who you put up. That's there. exactly right. They're, you know, we've got to recognize that uh, the more we put these people up, the more we and everybody else are going to try to drag them down. And at the some further point. they have to fall. Yep. And the further they have to fall. Um, so we look at these people. 
uh, or these organizations, or whatever it is, and we say, look what you did. How, how dare you do that? And when I look at that, I look at Jesus yeah. and I look at the Pharisees mm. and I look at the people that Jesus spent time with. And every person, I won't say every person, a lot of the people that Jesus spent time with, all the stories that we have in the Gospels of, you know, Jesus eating with tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes and the Samaritan woman at the well, everyone would want to cancel them right now. Well, how dare you? Why is Jesus, if you are the Messiah, why are you spending time with this sinner, with this person that has cheated, that has lied, that has killed, that has done all these things? Why would you spend that? And it goes back to what... Because back to what you said earlier is Jesus sees us as people. Mm. He sees us as sons and daughters. Right. And that's the lens that he views us with. He doesn't view us in the lens of what we do or what we have done. He views us in who we truly are. Yeah. And I think that we need to get back to that. Yeah. Of look at, don't, don't judge people solely by the one thing that they've done wrong mm. because they have room to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And are we willing? Now, I don't have the platform to hang out with Bill Cosby yeah. and to be like, I know what you was wrong, but I still want to walk with you to help you in this. Yeah. Hopefully he has people in his life that are doing that. Yeah. Um, but what right is it for me to throw stones at him uh, to say, look what you've done and not say, yeah, but I still want to pray with you. I still want to help you. I still want to walk with you. And there's people in our lives um, that we kind of want to cancel as well. <laughs> but are you willing to walk with them? Yeah. Um, and so I think that there is an issue of w- when are we allowed to call people out? Yeah. When are we allowed to to have those real deep, hard conversations with people and say, Hey, look, look what you've done. I disagree with this Yeah. because on Twitter it's 200 something characters and you know, and you can not have a name on there and you can yeah. just be anonymous and say, look what they've done. Yeah. But that is not relationship. That is not what God has called us to be is to walk with each other and to share each other's burdens and to be with one another and say, yes, you are flawed, but so am I. Let's work together to be the best, humans that we can be that God has created us to be yeah um the fact of the matter is and I I mean this I think this is a biblical view words and actions have consequences Mm -hmm. the things you do the things I'll, I'll just make it personal the things I do and the things I say have natural consequences um some good and some bad the problem becomes when we want to step in as the judge because I think that's unbiblical. I think there's, there's uh, lots in Scripture about, um, you know, the way in which we judge each other uh, and, and when, that's, when it's appropriate and when it's not appropriate. Words and actions have consequences. I'm, I'm actually good with that concept you know if people people do something stupid or say something stupid they're going to face the consequences of those actions Um, it's when we move to the place of judge and jury yeah um and pronounce condemnation 
over people. Uh, I don't. I just don't think that's our role. No. Yeah. That. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and it's different if me and you had this conversation yeah. because we know each other yeah. and we have a relationship, but we can speak to one another and walk with one another yeah. instead of throwing these arrows at people that we don't know. And then we're the judge for that. One of the things that I think that we have lost, and I think it's been a while. I don't think you know social media has elevated this or it really might have, but this idea of just forgiveness, mm. like where are we at as a society and as a person to say, yes, you have done this, but I'm here to forgive you. And again, yeah. we need to look at the life and look at the words of Jesus and look at what he has done with those that have wronged him. Yeah. Um, or that he, or that other people said, look what, look at their status as being the tax collector or being the prostitute or being whatever it is. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 I forgive them for that because yeah. they are more than the sins that they have and they've committed. Yeah. Uh, um, well, I you, think, I think there's a, uh, uh, an effect of that on the reverse side too, because as a collective, as a society, we are so unwilling to forgive. Mm-hmm. It has made people, particularly public figures, incredibly unwilling to admit wrong. So, just think about politicians. When was the last time you remember a politician being like, you know what, we kind of got that wrong. Uh, you know, oh, we've, yeah. we've got some new information and we're gonna, no, it's always spin and there's never an admittance of wrongdoing or guilt. Um, and I think that that's a result of unforgiveness on our part as a society. If, if, there, if there's no hope for forgiveness, why would I be forthright in what I perceive yeah. as maybe I made a misstep? It, it has to get to the level of a Bill Cosby or a Harvey Weinstein yeah. or, or as bad as you can think yeah. before people be like, you know, I'm, I apologize for what I did wrong, <laughs> you know, and unless it gets to that level, people will deny and deny and deny because there's no hope for restoration or forgiveness. Yeah, I think of um, Ephesians 4.32. Uh, this is the ESV. It says, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgive one another as God and Christ forgave you. And, and for me, that kind of just puts it all together is be kind to one another, forgive one another because God has forgiven you. Yeah. You love God because he first loved you. You love others because he first loved you. Also forgive others yeah. because he has forgiven you. Yeah. You know, that whole deal about, you know, you point at somebody and then there's, you know, three <laughs> fingers, you know, looking back at you. And it's like, if I can't forgive you, then how can I understand the forgiveness that God has forgave me yeah. and in my sins and in my wrongdoing? Yeah. And yes, you know, I can spin it to say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that person. <laughs> at least I didn't do X, Y, Z. Yeah. Mine was only this small. No. Um, you know, the wrongdoings that I've done have hurt people yeah. just like they've hurt people. Yeah. And God sees it. Yeah. And God has forgiven us and has walked with us. And we should be able to walk with those people as well. Yeah, this, this, this is not going to be a fun message uh, for our friends. Uh, and, you know, I try to tell my kids this, try to tell people that I have in my life. But... Man, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, like it or not, we have been called to live a different kind of life. And yeah, it might feel really good to blast somebody on Mm -hmm. Facebook for something they said, but I don't know if we're given that option. 
I don't yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's in our playbook. I think our playbook is the relentless pursuit of relationship. We ne- I don't I just don't see a pathway or a prescription where we are allowed to cast people off. No. I think I think we have to keep coming after people and 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 for their good and for our good. Yeah, absolutely. In love and in forgiveness and in hope and in, in all and those things. And that's not fun. Like sometimes it feels good to just be like, you know what? Forget you, man. You yeah. suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and uh, you know, I'm always throwing out caveats like there there are situations if we're talking about if if there's danger or abuse yeah. or anything like that like there are remedies for you to remove yourself from a relationship but i'm talking about how quick we are to say i'm done with them I, i'm done with them i just don't think we get that choice well and i you know think about you know that there are some certain there are some certain situations that are so vile or so bad that it's like, yeah, that person deserves the book thrown at them and whatever. Um, I know that your wife um, and myself, we like to listen to like true <laughs> crime podcasts and all this stuff. And, and, you know, and I will watch those things and I'll just be in awe and I'll watch some documentaries. But every time that they bring tears to my eyes, sadly, is not at the pain that they cause people. Yeah. It is in the courtroom scene when it is the relative, yeah. the father, the mother, the son, daughter of you know someone who was hurt or killed or whatever it was, stand up in court and look that person in the eye who did the wrongdoing and say, I love you and I forgive you. And, and yes, what you did was wrong, but I want you to know that we still love you and that God still loves you. And it's like, Ugh. man, how, how hard, like yeah. it is way easier to throw stones than it is to forgive and to yeah. walk and have a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Um, but, I love what you said that that is in our playbook. Yeah. Lashing out and calling out is nowhere in the playbook. Yeah. It is love and it is mercy and it is grace and it is forgiveness because we were shown that. Right. And you have to like, if you don't get that in your heart, then you can't put that out to somebody else. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that tags right on to, to, you know, what I just said. It's like, part of this following Jesus thing is how am I going to um, judge someone based on the worst thing that they've ever done knowing that I've been treated differently by God? (laughs) That's, That's what it says. It was like, no, you were dead. You were dead in your sin, and yet I did everything I could to bring you into relationship, redemption, transformation. Now, you go do that. You go do that for other people. You go seek out people who need that redemption and that transformation, and you be me to them. Well, and we also love those redemption stories. Yeah. Like, and you just hear in society, you love do the we, redemption do stories. Do we still? <sighs> I or do. Or is that over? I do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love a redemption story of like, look what they have done, look where they've been, but now look at the progress that they have made in their lives. Right. And you go, man, that's what it's all about is growth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, as a society as a whole, do we, we, 
again, we lean towards the negative bias. We lean towards, and that's what gets us most clicks and most reads and most whatever is, oh, look at them, another one, another one's down. But how often do we look at the redemption stories of, yeah, they were down, but now look how far they have grown in their life. Right. Um, Because I want a redemption story in my own life. Yeah. And I have one and I continue to have one. Yeah. and I want to see that in other people. Like yeah. I, I am just optimistic in general. Like I'm just a person like I'm going to leave my car unlocked sometimes and leave my doors unlocked. Cause I just, I just see the good in people just in general. Yeah. Um, even if they've done wrong, it's like they, their identity and they are more than the one thing that they've done bad or the 10 things that they've done bad. They're more because they are sons and daughters and maybe they don't realize that yet. Maybe they haven't grasped, who they truly are and and, in their relationship with God. And so they can't see the potential that they can have. They are stuck in what they are. And it's the same with us forgiving people. Luke 6, um, I know that you have a little bit of Luke as well. a little bit of Luke. But Luke 6, 37 says, Judge not and you will not be judged. Condemn not and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. I want to be forgiven. So if I want to be forgiven, if I'm going to read Luke 6, 37 right now, the way that I'm going to be forgiven is that I forgive other people. Yeah. Even when it's hard. Yeah. Even when it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I think a, a, the way we carry ourselves shows a low view of our own sin. Um, I think that we love to categorize and we love to um, put, put different things in different boxes. Um, but that's just not the way that God views, um, you know, us. You know, we we are uh, separated from God outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And then yeah. when you're in that relationship with Jesus, it's not your goodness or the small <laughs> list of things that you perceive you've done wrong. No, it's the righteousness of Christ that that allows you to stand in his presence. Not, well, good thing I wasn't like this guy. It doesn't work like that. So if you can get a right view of your own sin and brokenness, well, that helps you be a little bit kinder to the people around you, the people you see in the public sphere. Um, and I just think that's a crucial element in in our Christian lives. Absolutely. What's that verse you got in Luke? Yeah, so well, I just had, had a couple little practical things. I, I won't yeah. go through all of them, but I was just, you know, regardless of whether we like this or not, this is the reality that we live in. Uh-huh. Um, and I just think a great way to avoid saying something stupid or ugly in public, on Twitter, on Facebook, however you want to view that, is to grow into the kind of person who doesn't say things that are stupid and ugly in private. Okay? okay. These, these public expressions are really just a magnified version of how people actually feel in their hearts. They're not saying something that isn't inside of them. And in Luke 6, 45, it's a couple verses after yeah. what you just read. It said, a good person produces good out of the good stored up <laughs> in his heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. We need a heart transplant. Yes. The gospel is transformative. We're supposed to be living lives of discipleship where each day we are uh, a little more mature in our faith. Each day we're a little bit kinder. Each day we're a little more 
uh, understanding and caring to those around us. If you don't want to get caught up in cancel culture, develop your life offline in a way that uh, you're putting good stuff into your heart uh, so that good stuff's going to come out of your mouth. And that's, and, and you already mentioned this, but like huge implications here for us as parents, for you people out there who are parents, they're not going to have the luxury that we did of, yeah, of, not, of, having of not having this environment. Uh, and I just fully believe that our kids are going to grow up in a world where something that they post online when they're 15 could keep them from getting a job when they're 32. Or even <laughs> in college, there are there are people that work for colleges right now, and yeah. I tell our students this, their job is to comb through your social media, yeah. through your Twitter, your Instagram, and see what you have done. And, and by that, they are saying, you cannot get into this university yeah. or jobs. Let me go through. <laughs> you know, have you said anything wrong or evil or whatever it is yeah. or mean? It's like, well, no, we don't want that person working for us. Yeah. And that stinks because, you know, you talk about it's a transformation, it's a growth. Kids even more so, like their yeah. brains oh, are yeah. not developed yet where they will speak first before thinking, thinking that it's funny, thinking that their two or three friends are going to read it and it's going to be funny to them yeah. and then they're done. But it's out there forever. But it's out there forever. For us, we had maybe the back of the school bus. Yeah. And we had the locker room. We could say it, but then it's gone. Yeah. And hopefully everyone has forgotten. And people be like, what did so-and-so? Like, well, no, I didn't say that. Like, there's no record of it. But there's records now of tweeting and all all these things that we say. Um, Teaching your kids, teaching yourself, teaching your spouse of like, hey, why did you say this? Yeah. Where did, where were you coming from? And you need to realize like to think before, like it is crazy. I remember hearing some interview of being like, man, you could be like, you could lose your job. You can lose everything from a late night tweet Yeah. from a hundred characters and you hit send on your phone at midnight, you can lose your job the next day yeah. because you were upset or you were angry and you were mad or you thought it was funny and thought no one was listening. And it all goes back to the the heart issue. Right. Of, well, then why is that even coming out in the first place? Yeah. That needs to stay in. Yep. Um, that needs to stay in. That needs to have a deal on your phone where you can't <laughs> hit tweet without like a 10-hour period to wait and think about it. Or there needs to be some app where like it's where it sends it to your spouse first <laughs> or it sends it to your parents first and they can read it and go, are no, you sh- no, are, no, 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 are no. you sure you want to send that? Yeah. Right. And there's been times where I have done that or I have had emails that I've sent to my wife and said, I'm thinking about sending this to somebody. How does this sound? Yeah. And it's like, Hey, half that's good. Half that's garbage. Yeah. You, you need to fix some of that. Cause it's because it's not coming off the way you want it to come off. Yeah. 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 Um, and again, that's a heart issue of growing and um, growing in love and growing in patience and growing in kindness, growing in the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, fruit of the spirit. Fruit. Basically um, in that. Uh, so I think for 2021, we need to get rid of, let's do a new hashtag. Let's get rid of the cancel culture and let's start a culture of forgiveness mm. and a culture of love. Like, Yes, you did X, Y, Z, but I still love you. Hmm. And there's still room for growth. Yeah. That doesn't diminish what you've done. If it was horrible and bad and 
you will have to be atoned for that. But I'm not here to be the judge and the executioner on that. I'm here to walk with you to grow. Yeah, we serve an awesome God who has forgiven us and redeemed us and transformed us into new people. Every day. Every day. And man, if before we write people off, if we could just show people just like a fraction of that, then I think we're going to be in better shape. Well, and I am glad that I'm not the ultimate judge. Yeah. I would be a poor judge because I don't show love and kindness the way Christ did. Yeah. I'm glad that God's the judge because he knows the heart. Um, And it's just our job every day. Yeah. And it, and it starts with us. Yep. It starts with you listening. It starts with us. What am I putting in? And really more importantly, what am I putting out to people? Yeah. Is it that kindness and forgiveness and love in 2021? That's what we're going to do. Awesome. We're going to throw that out there. And so are the Netherlands. It's in Hong, Hong Kong. Kong. Thank you guys. <laughs> um, well, Hey, this was a little bit different, but I enjoyed this. This is yeah. a very good conversation um, on just something that uh, we don't, we a don't culture like, of cancellation, a culture, a culture <laughs> of cancellation and a culture of forgiveness. Yes. Is what we need. Well, Hey, we're off to it. 2021. This is episode 23, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. Sounds good to me. I think this is episode 23. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, make sure to uh, rate and review and smiggity smiggity smash that subscribe button. That's what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> send us an email. We would love it. Uh, at the Bible buffoons. Yeah, you got to throw the email out there. At gmail.com. <laughs> the Bible buffoons at gmail.com. Send us an email. Just say what's up. You don't have to give us a burger you know, recommendation. Or if you have any thoughts on what we've said of like, yeah. hey, you know, here's a verse that I really like when it just talks about forgiveness and love. Hit us up. We want to hear that too. Um, and again, if you review us on Apple Podcast, we will read it if it's appropriate. Uh, <laughs> don't put, cancel us. D- please, please don't cancel us. That's my f- one fear is say things on here that can be canceled. But we're reading the scripture, so it's going to be hard to do that. Um, Well, we love you guys. Take care, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. Peace. Peace.